Hello and welcome to A Journey of Clarity, a personal exploration of getting in tune with yourself and in tune with others with your host, Dr. Nathaniel Costilla. This is a journey of emotional and spiritual awareness, of discovery what life truly means, and a clear shift from an ego-driven world to a meaning-driven world. I believe we can become more in tune with our thoughts, our emotions and our spirituality. And as we do that, we will make better decisions, have deeper connections, more fulfillment and even more joy. This is A Bit of Clarity. Hi, Nathaniel here with episode 41. And today I'm going to talk about relationship management, but a very particular subject. You know, they say this world will be a much better place if it wasn't for people. The reality is we live with people every single day. We have relationships, closer and not so close relationships. And in these relationships, things get a little bit messy and conflicts do come. How do we manage conflicts? Do we avoid it totally so we don't get into any conflicts with anybody, but you can't really not get in conflicts because if you are out there in the fabric of society, you will encounter conflict. How do you make peace? How do you keep the peace? Are you a peacemaker? Are you a peacekeeper? Are you an avoider? What do you do when conflicts do arise? So today in our relationship management, we look at conflicts, conflicts. You know, even in our homes, we have conflicts with our spouses. We can have conflicts with our kids. Children conflict between themselves. They have their own conflicts. So knowing how to navigate this um, part of life is very, very important because the better you are at doing relationships, the happier you will be, the better you will connect with people, the more joy you will experience in life. So relationships are vital. In the notes that you have today in episode 41, you will find the title Peacemaking, because the best way to deal with conflict is to make peace. And we need more and more people who know how to make peace. So if you haven't already done so, at eq.org.au, you can download these notes. You will also find them in the link wherever you are watching or listening to this lesson, this um, podcast. So, understanding peacemaking. This is in your notes and you can refer back to them if you're driving right now. I don't want you to pull over and download the notes. I don't want you to read. And if you're watching this um, on YouTube, again, if you're driving, turn the screen around so you don't look at me. It's okay. I'll just talk behind the scenes, all right? Peacemaking describes the values and processes involved in transforming difficult and intractable conflicts. An intractable conflict is something that be, can't really be solved. It's, it's so tense. So how do we transform these difficult situations? And peacemaking helps us do exactly that. In simple terms, peacemaking is a positive response to conflict. Conflicts will come. We will have conflicts. How do we respond to this? Not how we react to this, but how do we respond to this? And the best way to respond to conflict is to make peace. Conflict can make life very awkward. It often catches people off guard and leads them to say or do things they later regret. And most of the time, what got us in trouble is our tongue. We said, and at times we did, 
things that offended other people. Either we got a rush of blood to our head or we just didn't think or we had our guard down or we just um, maybe made a joke that wasn't appropriate or we dismissed something or we didn't pay enough attention and all of a sudden some conflict arised. A lot of the problems that we have in life, it has to do with what we say, what we say, because a lot of the damages are in our tongue, unfortunately. If you manage to watch what you say, if you manage to guard your tongue, tell you what, you have come a long, long way. Very few people can manage that. But if you can manage that, uh, you have come, as I said, a long way. And I hope more and more people are able to do this because we need people who can guard their mouth and also guard their hearts because usually we speak what's inside of us. So if something comes out, it means there's an issue inside of us. It means there's something that we haven't really sorted or undealt with in our hearts and that just pops out in those times when we least expect it, when we're not really ourselves, when the emotions run wild, when we get angry or when we get charged up. So it actually does bring out who we are on the inside. Uh, as I said, it catches people off guard and leads them to say or do things they later regret. And we've done that with our wives, we've done that with our children, we've done that in our work, we've done that with friends. So think about those things that have created conflicts and what role you played in that. And what did you do to sort out that conflict? Offended people often react without thinking and soon they slide down a slippery slope with things going from bad to worse. They do it, we do it. We just sometimes we amplify the problem and we, we just sit on it and we dwell on it and we think about it and we make it much bigger than it is and other people do the same and you know it just snowballs to an avalanche that overwhelms us. People generally respond in three ways to conflict. What do they do? Number one, they escape. And I've done that many, many, many times. I try to avoid conflict and I escape. I just turn around and walk away. Is it always the best solution? No, it is a solution, not always the best solution. It's like, you know, I want to be a peacekeeper uh, and a peacemaker, but I don't want to deal with conflict and sometimes that's not so good. Escaping is not always good. It does get me away from the problem or the, you know, the, the central part of the problem, but it doesn't solve the problem. This is when people are more inclined to avoid a conflict rather than resolving it. This can be done through denial for temporary relief. So they deny that the conflict is there. Oh, we, we don't have an issue, you know. No, we, we're fine. Look, things are well but we know that they're not, and we, we think in our mind, oh, you know, they're not 100%, but I'll deal with this later. Time will sort it out. Well, that's denial, and time does not sort it out. It may take a little bit of the edge of the conflict, but it still needs dealing. Flight. Flight is when you run away for postponement of solution, when you run away and you don't even want to deal with it. So denial is when you think that it's not a problem. Flight is when you fly away, basically you run away from the problem. And I've done that at times as well. And the problems caught up with me and the conflict caught up with me and eventually I had to deal with it. Or worst case scenario, a scenario is a total escape through suicide 
which is never the right way to solve a conflict. You know, people have taken their lives in conflicts, especially in relationships, and that is never, never the right way to end a conflict because that is an escape that you and I are not entitled to. We should never seek that resource. Suicide is murder. That means you're killing yourself. And just to escape a conflict, it is absolutely not worth it. So if you've ever considered that, just know that never, never even entertain that thought in your mind. The other option for, so escape is one way to deal with com conflict. Another way to deal with conflict is attack. So one is to run away, to escape, and one is to attack, to actually face it uh, face on and <laughs> have a go at it. Attack responses are used when people want to win the conflict rather than preserving a relationship. So it's not about uh, sorting out the relationship, it's about winning the conflict. I just want to get one on top of this or over this person, so I'll make my way somehow through it. It's very competitive and usually it is very um, injuryful in the sense it causes a lot of damage on the way. It can uh, include assault, making matters worse, where you assault somebody, you actually hit them, you punch them, you pull them, you drag them, you push them, uh, and this can happen as well. A litigation, when you go to court to have one of the conflicts sorted out, again, costly exercise, and a lot of the times there's more damage than good done. Or even in the worst situations, murder, when somebody kills somebody else because they can't sort the situation out. So this attack, this one way of dealing with conflict, is quite bad. As I said, you've got the escape route, the attack route. None of these are perfect, none of these are good, especially attack is very, very awkward. But then there's the third, there's always the third way of dealing with anything. Not my way, not way, your way, not even the highway, but the compromise way, and that is peacemaking. So when both of us come together and we find a solution where we both lose and none of us wins. We say, you know, people say there's a win-win solution. I don't think there's a win-win solution. If somebody wins, somebody loses. You can't, you can't win uh, without somebody losing, but we can both lose. So maybe a lose-lose solution is better, a compromise solution where we both give in, especially when we kill our ego, each one of us, for the best of the relationship to carry forward. And I think that is what, in a, in a nutshell, peacemaking is about. So I've listed here 10 principles of peacemaking. Are you ready? 10 principles of peacemaking. Number one, peacemaking seeks long-term sustainable solutions rather than polite agreements. So when we're talking about peacemaking, we are talking a relationship to come back together for the long term. So we, we rise people up above the current situation and we say, look, what does it matter long term? We've got to coexist long term. We are brothers long term. We are part of the same family maybe. Long term, we are part of the same community, part of the same church, part of the same uh, employment or business or street or whatever circle that brings you together. So we don't just want this conflict to be sorted uh, just shaking hands and going our own way and, you know, not basically wanting to have anything to do with each other anymore. But we want a long-term solution that will carry on so we can be restored in some capacity in that, in that relationship. 
so that's number one. Number two, in peacemaking, truth-telling and truth-seeking are honored. Integrity is valued and trust is given. In fact, trust is earned. So if for peacemaking to occur, we need to be true to ourselves. We've got to be true to what we say. Hopefully the other person is true to themselves as well. And everybody in that discussion, in that peacemaking process, are seeking the truth. If they're not seeking the truth, if they're bending the truth, obviously that conflict just becomes a greater conflict. So integrity is valued. So even if I'm in conflict with you, at least if I know that you're truthful and there's integrity, I need to value that. I need to give trust to that. And I know that I will earn my trust as well by being truthful in that situation. Number three, peacemaking offers an opportunity to explore and discover the unimagined from bringing relief to new ideas. We don't know where we go with this. So when we try and make peace with somebody, we don't actually know the exact outcome of that. But it's, it, we're ready to explore. It's not my way, it's not your way, it is a new way. And that new way will be a great way. So we're just open to, to the opportunities to explore how this may look like in the future, how we can discover a way forward, something that we haven't imagined before, something that may come out in this room, in this discussion, in this meeting, as we explore possibilities. Just having the, you know, relaxed outlook to, to not just get it off our chest, which brings relief, but also to have new ideas of going forward. So it's important to have this openness to explore possibilities, to say it, to, to bring relief, to take it off, get it off our chest, but also to be open to new possibilities of going forward. Number four, peacemaking techniques are creative, exploratory, and filled with the risk, fear, and excitement of discovery. Yes, we need to be creative in going forward. Yes, even with your wife, there has to be creative ways of getting over the, the hurdle that you're going through at the moment, maybe. Uh, there's risk, of course. What if we go that way? What if we, uh, again, we have a fight or an argument? Well, there's risk, but it's worth trying. There's also fear. Uh, what if she lets me down? What if he lets me down? What if he says that again? What if they do that to me again? But there's also excitement to see how we can work this out. What if she doesn't? What if she improves? What if I improve? What if I get better at this? What if I become more tolerant? What if I care more about the person than always about the situation? You know, let's discover new ways. Number five, peacemaking is a refuge, a safe haven from the incivility and outright nastiness of conflict. A lot of the times when we have conflict, um, we get quite nasty. We don't act very civil. Uh, we say things, we point fingers, we maybe hit somebody, we push, we shove, we raise our voice, uh, we turn around, we knock things over, and this is a quite ugly scene. In peacemaking, we want people to find a refuge where they can just bring it to the table, bring their anger to the table, bring their situation to the table and discuss. Also a safe haven where they can say things. Um, about themselves, about the situation, um, and uh, a, way, a way for them to explore 
and deal with their problem and also with the situation and with the conflict itself. Also, if the person has been the victim, they need to feel safe that they can say how they feel because they're sitting in the same room maybe with a guy or the person who, uh, you know, uh, maybe, you know, inflicted that pain on them. So they won't feel safe to be in there because they're probably afraid of that person. So the peacemaker has this role to, to bring a safe place, to bring them into a safe discussion and to offer a refuge and a safe place where the people can say what happened and really tell the truth. Number six, the peacemaker has the sacred duty of creating a refuge where people know they will be heard and understood. Just as I mentioned before, especially the victims need to be heard and they need to be understood in the situation. But sometimes even the aggressor or the person who created this conflict, they need to be understood as well because they've got a point of view. Yes, they acted badly, but we need to understand their situation as well. Not that we don't condone their situation. Uh, absolutely, you know, if, if, if they've done something aggressively, they need to, you know, face up to it. But at the same time, we got to understand their hurt, their pain, and what uh, triggered them to get to that point. Number seven, the peacemaker must create a place where people are able to approach rather than freeze, flee, or fight. So um, when you become a peacemaker or when you try and bring the people back together in relationship management, uh, create a place, create a space where people can dialogue, where people are able to talk, where people can uh, approach each other, at least, you know, to say it and talk about it, uh, so that um, people don't feel that they need to run away. It's almost like saying, sometimes people say, oh, I can't even be in a in room with that person. I'm so afraid of that person. Or when he or she looks at me, <clears throat> this happens. So the peacemaker needs to be aware of these things and to create and prepare the place and the space in a way that brings people together and it's very interactive. Number eight, peacemaking seeks justice as a core value. Resolution without justice does not resolve conflict. Sometimes we think that just because we had a discussion, the conflict is resolved. No, justice has to be served. So if somebody did something wrong to somebody else, that person needs to apologize. Sometimes they need to pay back. So, you know, especially if you go to court, usually justice is being served. Uh, it's not always 100%, but somebody pays at the end of the day. Yes, the case may be dismissed, but at the same time, justice needs to be served. So the resolution needs to have justice in it. There has to be an outcome. There has to be a way forward. And whether they accept it or not, that's another thing. But uh, in conflict, a solution needs, at the end of the day, we need to have a solution and we need to have a resolution. Number nine, peacemaking involves risks, not the least of which is failure. Every conflict has the seeds of further escalation. So you meet people together, you may want to do a session of peacemaking, but you've just got to understand that you're taking a risk in doing that. And one of the risks is failure, that that conflict may not be resolved there and then. It may be resolved in the future. At times, it's never resolved. Some people never want to make up. But that doesn't stop us from trying to create that avenue of peacemaking. And just understand that in every conflict, there's that seed that creates escalation. That conflict can become bigger after the meeting or after the discussion. So just be aware of that as well. You can actually make it worse. That doesn't mean you shouldn't start because 
as I said, we explore new possibilities, but just know that it could be failure or it could actually escalate and become greater. Number 10, peacemaking requires tremendous courage by those faced with difficult conflict. Just know that engaging in peacemaking is a, is a, is a very daunting task. And people are very apprehended about this. They, they fear it. They're timid about it. But it is a way forward. And it takes tremendous courage to do that. So if there are conflicts, if there are situations in your life that you haven't dealt with, it takes a lot of courage for you to start dealing with those issues. And the sooner you do, the better it is for you and the other people involved, especially if these are family matters, if these are relationship matters with people whom you are very close to. Um, get these things sorted out as much as possible. As much as it depends on you, just try and live in peace with them. I know you can't always make everybody feel, you know, okay with you and like you and love you. But at least do your part. And, and as much as it depends on you, you know, just love them, forgive them, live in peace with them, and fight for this, you know, as much as you can. Do your part as much as you can. And teach those people around you to be peacemakers. Teach your children, teach your grandchildren, teach your husband, teach your wife, teach those people that you influence around you to be people of peace. And this will make this world a much better place. We need people who are peacemakers. And I want you to become a person that is able to do that. There is an application with every lesson that we have. And today's application is write down three areas where you can apply some of the 10 peacemaking principles and how you will do it. So just think about three areas in your life, maybe in a relationship with a colleague at work or an employee or an employer or your children or your spouse. Just think, uh, where can you apply some of these principles of peacemaking and be precise in how you will do it. What will you actually do? In this situation, I will do this. I will honor the truth and I will say it and allow the other person to also say it so we can move forward. Just be very specific and then go about doing it and don't brush it under the carpet. You know, so many issues in life are because we don't resolve conflicts and problems of the past. I just encourage you to, to become very good at managing relations, very good at managing uh, those issues in your life. And wherever there is conflict, even past conflict, do your best to, to diffuse that and to bring some sort of peace and some sort of way forward. Make every effort to uh, reconciliate with that person and just to um, make it better for you and for him or her. You know, when you do that, you'll actually feel happier. You'll feel more joy. A massive burden is off your chest, off your back. So it helps you, it helps the other person, and it offers a way forward. And that there are many ways you can go forward. And I just hope that this blesses you and you're able to overcome whatever obstacles uh, draw you back from, you know, living in peace with other people. So if you love this content, you know what to do. Subscribe, share, give it away to other people. And um, give us five stars, obviously, on Apple iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, just know we're also on Spotify. You find us on Captivate FM. You find us on Google Podcasts, <clears throat> Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, and many, many other channels. I look forward to seeing you again at episode 42. Until then, please keep the peace. Mm -hmm.
I'm Dr. Nathaniel Costilla and I thank you so much for joining me on this journey of clarity through emotional and spiritual awareness. If you feel blessed by this presentation, please subscribe, rate, comment and share it wherever you're enjoying it. And until next time, this was a bit of clarity.